0: there, everybody. How's it going? That's right. If you can hear my voice, it is another magical episode of The Coven Podcast, where we talk about all things bubbling in the cauldron of current issues in geeky media. And one that has been stewing for a significant amount of time, but has become really, really, really obvious lately, is the issue with representation of Muslim people in media. So, News media goes without saying, it's terrible, but we're going to get down into movie representation, TV show representation, comics even, surprisingly enough, is a bright point. But uh, hosting this discussion uh, today is your host, Daily Wilhelm, the Witch of the Wavelinks. Joining me today is the lovely... Courtney Tuckman, the hairbow slayer. And the wonderful...
1: Matthew Yap, Witch of the Speed Force.
0: Everyone's got titles, I love oh, wow. it. Mm-hmm. A plus, everyone. But, okay, so news media goes without saying. Is, it's bad. is bad. It's <laughs> bad. It's uh, bad. There's a default assumption of guilt associated with anytime anything Islamic or Muslim is mentioned. It's like, this is going to be bad news, mm. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially depending on what um, outlet you're watching. Uh-huh. But pretty much all of them have the same issue in being like, Islam is... A religion that someone is dedicated to entirely, and they're not mm. a person anymore; they're just a Muslim. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a separation there. Yeah, that's quite clear. But uh, film and television can also reflect this. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought can. it can. It does. It, it yes. absolutely. <laughs> it does. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is glaringly enough an issue that uh, President Obama last year. It was the fourth so around the same time that this episode is coming out, um, said in a speech that he was having at Baltimore that uh, our TV shows should have Muslim characters that are unrelated to national security because that's typically what they're reserved for (laughs) is the terrorist role. Amazing. But
1: it's representation. Isn't that okay? It's
0: not positive (laughs) representation. Yeah, (laughs) there's a difference between representation and positive representation. But uh, I thought it was very striking. He also said that you know, television is a means of easing cultural and religious tension because it's a way to educate on that when there is representation. Because yeah. typically, I wouldn't know anything about Hinduism right. if there weren't for certain shows that I've watched that have uh, Hindu characters, sure. mm-hmm. etc. Um, same with like uh, Judaism. Unless I was friends with you, Courtney, I wouldn't yeah. know anything. <laughs> um, but before that, my only education was from shows mm-hmm. and movies mm-hmm. that one um,
1: episode of uh rugrats where like tommy pickles learns about the jewish faith that, oh was, a, that was a great a episode
0: baby's gotta do what <laughs> the baby's gotta do sorry iconic the yeah. jewish classic some uh, <laughs> yeah early childhood education <laughs> through the rugrats as we all have been educated <laughs> but so there, yeah when you see a muslim character on tv what are they usually doing Terror exploding <laughs> things, yeah,
1: treating their daughters poorly, honestly. <laughs>
0: yeah, that too. Um, usually, probably the TV shows that have the most like Muslim representation are shows that deal with national security, mm-hmm. like Homeland or 24 or um, Tyrant, which is specifically about Muslim people, yeah. But I'm putting that on a later discussion <laughs> because. <laughs> It's a lot an to interesting, say. there's a lot to say. It's very interesting, but uh, so especially in shows like homeland and twenty four it's like dealing with issues that are current, meaning like relationships between the u s and the Middle East, and it seems to default like Muslim equals enemy,, mm-hmm. which is problematic in itself, right it's very problematic rhetoric but at the same time the executive producer for uh, some of these shows Howard Gordon um, specifically he produces 24 Homeland and Tyrant he says that we need to present American and other Muslims as characters other than terrorists Most is a great resource to get writers and content creators to think about incorporating Muslims into storylines in novel ways and to encourage more Muslims to participate in storytelling in the media and it's like but <laughs> <so>. <laughs> you're not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what he's trying to get at here, I guess. Like,
1: yeah,
2: I've heard that, like, in my screenwriting class, we have a whole lesson on, like, representation of people in color. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it is that, like, um, part of it comes down to, like, the screenplays and, like, well, you know, screenwriters need to write in more parts for Muslim people or other people of color, mm-hmm. and the general screenwriter's uh, rebuttal to that is, "Well, there aren't a lot. There aren't. There just aren't enough like Muslim actors to do that." But then it's this cycle that's like, "Well, if there, there's if. <laughs> first of all, you you can find a Muslim actor. And they're they're talking about well-known Muslim actors right. because mm-hmm. they you know for um for writing a movie that has like million-dollar budget." They're not they, – you know, it's a bigger risk to settle on someone who is unknown versus someone who is known. Right. But um, it's just this cycle then. So it's like – so then Muslims are then kind of, like, discouraged to try right. out for acting or other things like that because they're like, oh, well, there are no parts for me
0: and there never will be. So mm-hmm. then it's just, like, this vicious cycle. Yeah. I mean, so, like, there's an article from uh, The Independent that was really interesting by – um. Amru um, al-Qadi, uh, he is a Muslim actor. He's Arabic, and he said, I'm now 26, and in my career, I've been sent nearly 30 scripts for which I've been asked to play terrorists on screen. Uh, roles have varied from ones as meaty as suspicious bearded man on tube to Muslim man who hides bombs in a deceptive burqa. <laughs> so, deceptive burqa. So there are roles being written, for Muslim people. It's not good ones. Just not good ones. Mm-hmm. Over and over.
1: I think the problem is people think just because it's a Muslim role, it has to be directly related to being a Muslim, which that's always my problem with a lot of things is just because it's a Muslim person doesn't mean their entire character has to be that they're tied to like being a Muslim. And it's always good to have things connected to that. Um, like it's good to talk about the issue, but when your only idea of like what a muslim person is is a terrorist just doesn't turn out right it just doesn't seem good and so if you could make roles that just like are on tv and push past that idea it's really helpful uh a show i watched quantico i didn't watch the whole thing so i don't know the whole storyline but they had a character who was a muslim and they address the fact that she was a Muslim and it's kind of like a crime show when there was a terrorist thing and there was a point where she more or less got accused for being a Muslim and they address the fact that as a Muslim woman she has to go through these different things than other people do and how people see her but she had a plot line outside of the fact that she was a Muslim woman right. being accused so it's just that you have to make roles that yes they can do with Muslim issues but it's not just the Muslim role
0: right yeah I, I think that's important for like all things across right. the board, yep. so it's not the gay character yeah, or the female character or the whatever character. The token character. Yeah, tokens. no one likes a one-note no, person. No, no one likes tokens unless you're at an arcade. Did Then
1: they're dope.
0: Yeah, then they're great. Then they're great. But I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs> I like but, it. <laughs> um, Another thing that um, Amru al Qadi said was that when characters aren't as explicitly linked to jihadi fundamentalism, uh, most Arab roles I've read serve as antagonists to white heroes. So, mm-hmm. it's again, it's that association that you kind of can't escape that brown equals bad. Yeah. And especially if you're from the Middle East. That's just an inherent, like, ooh, be mm. wary of that. When really, this is a significant part of just the right. world's population as a whole.
1: I googled, it's 1.6 billion, like come on now there's plenty of people who could like you said there's 1.6 billion I guarantee you could find a brown actor or a brown person who's not in opposition to white people like it's ridiculous
0: yeah it. I don't there's just that it's like the small percentage that ruins the rest of it mm-hmm. but usually it's like oh we, we acknowledge that that's a small percentage but instead it's like nope it's all ruined everything is ruined so that's sorry all done. but uh, it was really interesting that um how this person talked about uh, what's really frustrating for Arab actors uh, is that um, the industry is really unforgiving as a whole, and there's even more critical issue that uh, the fact that nearly zero Arab and Muslim identities are portrayed as three-dimensional. It's Mm -hmm. typically, even if they're not a bad guy necessarily, they're probably going to be there and gone, Mm -hmm. or even more worryingly, they're going to be shot, (laughs) like because I didn't even think about it but American Sniper probably had the largest employment of Arab actors but guess what they were doing the entire time dying (laughs) while Bradley Cooper sat somewhere else yeah Uh, yeah it's it's Mm. 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 It's a bad state of (laughs) affairs. But uh, we do have some positivity on the horizon. So this episode will come out after we have the Oscars this coming Sunday. But uh, what is pointed out is that so Moonlight is up for uh, Best Picture. Mm -hmm. And that's a very different story that you usually see as getting Best Picture. Because it's about black gay people in Miami ghettos that doesn't already that's yeah. like okay versus la la land uh yeah so we have opinions about White la la, la land seen but
2: you seen have that.
0: opinions about la la land okay i really liked it i'm so sorry
1: that's fair you don't have to apologize. it wasn't it wasn't bad i'll say that like yeah. it, it was fine
0: yeah but you could see where it would be very important for that kind of movie to win and kind of then prove to everyone that people namely white people, can be empathetic to storylines that don't involve mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm.
1: A thing I've noticed a lot of is people are saying that La La Land took a risk that because it was a musical, that it was a big risk and it's something entirely new for Hollywood, and that's why it deserves Best Picture. And I would like those people to kind of think about the fact that, like again, white people in L.A. falling in love, versus, like you said, black gay men in Miami growing up. I feel like the actual different story there, the actual mm-hmm. one Hollywood yeah. took a risk on would be Moonlight.
2: I can totally agree on that. Um, I don't think La La Land was a risk at all. The reason that I like it is because it's so much of a homage to like so many of those old mm-hmm. movie musicals, which I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like... It's just like, it's like nostalgic. That's yeah. why I yeah. like it. I don't like it because I'm like, this is so groundbreaking to white people. It's like the house? revival yeah. musicals. I actually remember thinking, like, even before it was nominated for Best Picture or anything, I remember sitting in this in the audience and thinking, like, how much more interesting it would be if, like, the girl who was singing in the car in the very opening scene was, like, the main character. Because she was not, I don't think she was white. And, like, just there were times throughout it where mm-hmm. I was just like, for a movie that's trying to be like, like, look at this, how much, like, Hollywood has changed but also is still the same, um, wouldn't it have been, like, so much more interesting if the two
0: leads have been people of color? Like, mm-hmm. I just think... really would have (laughs) yeah yeah because i mean the world has always been diverse but now we're at the point where it's more obvious when someone something or someone or casting directors are not being diverse yeah because we have the ability to call them out on that right hashtag twitter Mm. like (laughs) hashtag oscar so white etc that's my favorite hashtag (laughs) yes oh my gosh uh We have an episode of The Coven that recently came out where we discussed that. Plug, plug, shameless plug um, (laughs) that you can listen to. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, the way it's kind of stepped is like it's already hard enough for people of color to get into film. And how much more difficult will it be to have a Muslim protagonist who isn't lonely there because Mm -hmm. they're Muslim? Because that's the only part of their character that's fleshed out. People are people. Because, like, especially, like, I knew we weren't going to get into, like, the news cycle. But usually when Islam is brought up, you get pictures of people praying in mosques. But when Christianity is brought up, you don't get the picture of all the white people in the church praying. It's, there's an implicit difference here in how things are presented and how things are presented is how we perceive them then. Right. and that even if you try to be as open minded as possible at some point it's going to be like wow uh, all the world is saying this one thing there's very few sources that are saying different so what do you believe? Yeah. So uh, especially when it comes to like presenting things that you don't really know a lot about. I don't know a lot about the current war. I always <laughs> forget that we're at war because- We certainly are. That's just how it's kind of always been. And I feel like for a lot of millennials, that's how it is because we don't really remember a time. Yeah, no,
1: I was born in 98 because I'm a, I'm a child. And I literally there's not a single time in my life I remember us not being at war. So like I'm like, this is basic. If we weren't at war I'd be like I'd honestly be like, God, there's probably a bigger war coming. I think I'd be frightened. Like it's right. just this is my <laughs> this is my reality.
0: Right. It's you get entirely uh, numb to it. Yeah. It's not a thing that seems weird. And but at the same time, unlike with what you learn from history about like World War One and World War Two, the facts seemed very Plane, it was
1: black and white. It
0: was black and white, but now it's like I don't know what's going on. I don't <laughs> know why we're there. I don't know. I
1: don't know why we're there. I don't know if these drone, like using drones, is a good idea. I don't know if we're like hurting more than we're helping. It's it's a really confusing thing nowadays. It really is.
0: It's it's all mixed up there. So when uh, TV shows or film try to portray that, it's oftentimes the only source of information we have that we can relate mm-hmm. to that because we're not going to go out and educate ourselves always like you should do that but honestly not everyone's going to uh be an upstanding citizen I guess and do that (laughs) I'm raising my hand right now that's not me I'm not going to google about this because then I'm just going to get sad and angry (laughs) um I'd rather watch like videos of cats to be honest that's a better use of my time but so like shows like Homeland, which is like an international espionage kind of dealio where you're dealing yeah. with spies, you're dealing with relationships between different countries, etc. Um, specifically has taken a stab at portraying the refugee crisis. And in doing that on one of their episodes, they hired some uh, graffiti artists to make things more realistic in like a refugee camp that they were shooting at. Um, And they were like, okay, so we just need you to do some like Arabic lettering. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, what do you want it to say? Doesn't matter. (laughs) Arabic lettering. (laughs) Letters. It's like, it's just decoration when really it's words. Right. Which, so it's like, you're not going to be shooting something and be like, just write something on the wall. And it's like, w- what do you want it to say? It's like, I don't know. And then yeah, you're put, shooting put the, the film and it says like fish sticks on the <laughs> wall. It's not going to make sense.
1: It's my graffiti. So
0: uh, the artists in question who are uh, Heba Amin and Karam Cap and Stone specifically took this opportunity then to uh, write things that were premiered on television <laughs> um, that said Homeland is a joke and it didn't make us laugh and a couple different things like hashtag black lives matter which I is, love that yeah. i'm so
1: here for it
0: i'm it's that's just brilliant that, it's just so incredible to me to think that no one thought I to know. Ask. no one no one checked, checked them yeah. oh, that's just
2: amazing <laughs> like, that's also really terrible but it's just like win for for muslim people that's yeah that's
0: great uh specifically uh said in the article the arab script was not checked by producers they claimed the content of what was written on the walls was of no concern in their eyes arabic script is merely a supplementary visual that completes the horror fantasy of the middle east a poster image dehumanizing an entire region to humanless figures in black burkas and moreover this season to refugees so yeah Homeland, mm-hmm. you're getting a little heat from that. Yeah, um, love I that. love
2: their I love their like after statement. That's like so like what they had to say in response, and they're like, we regret that that happened. <laughs> yeah, they're not like they're not like oh we're we're gonna try better from
0: now on. Or that's just like we're we regret we didn't get anybody to check that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hardly even. We regret like not getting someone to check that. It's like we regret that it was able to premiere, mm. and that right. someone called us out on it. Like, we'd never figured that someone would be able to read that, you know? What? <laughs>
1: people actually read Arabic language? That was language? A language?
0: What? <laughs> it's just scribbles, right? <laughs> no.
1: Squ- squibbles and dots, who knew? Oh, my
0: gosh. It's, yeah. Amazing. It's like, it reminds me of when people get uh, tattoos of Chinese lettering, yeah. and they have no idea what it says. Yeah. And it, then <laughs> someone's like, um that says bathroom and (laughs) you were thinking it said like inner strength well i Mm. guess you can relate that to that maybe Maybe no
1: yeah i feel like yeah my cousin literally he actually has arabic script on him oh no yeah he's not the type of person who approves those arabic people so i don't know why but he was just like yeah no i didn't know his arabic script i went to a tattoo parlor and it looks cool so like yeah people are just kind of oblivious you know what it says no I asked him one time if he wanted me to Google it, and he was like, nah, I'm not sure I'd want to know what it said. It's like, live in ignorance. It's fine. Yeah,
0: Yeah. It's bliss. It's fine. It's fine. But, uh, I mean, as hilarious as this is, it's still like... Oh, it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Uh, One of the artists I'm in uh, said... Uh, we think that the show perpetuates dangerous stereotypes by diminishing an entire region into a farce through gross misinterpretations mm-hmm. that feed into the narrative of political propaganda. That's the thing here. It's just like, is this convenient for the narrative that we're trying to say? Right. If so, then I don't care what happens to the people who are being interpreted, misinterpreted.
1: It's like they just want to use the issue. They don't actually give a damn about oh no <laughs> uh, stop damn <laughs> it's fine
0: damn it's fine
1: correcting <laughs> myself was the bigger problem <laughs> 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 my bad
0: 20 minutes in we're good it's <laughs> fine
1: um it clearly the producers actually didn't care about the issue it's worded better <laughs> um but yeah so like they didn't actually care about the issue they just wanted to use the like scary arabic refugee problem that like they wanted to use it to get views which is a problem in itself
0: yeah because representation is so important and when you just put arab people and muslim people under this other category then that's how they're going to be perceived by people Mm -hmm. who don't bother to educate themselves otherwise and then that just becomes a massive issue right. in how people in real life are treated and then it starts to mimic how they're treated on screen, which is just horrendous. It's horrible. Yep. Sad stuff. But but if we look hard enough, if we really search. I was about like Do two that microscope. H- through a <laughs> microscope, uh, through Google for two hours in anticipation of this podcast. Um, you can find some characters Amazingly enough, that exist outside of their being Muslim. Whoa. Wow. I know. Isn't it incredible? It's amazing. Oh no. But um I don't know if either of you ever watch Lost, but uh nah. I have seen a few episodes. One of the main characters, uh, Saeed Jara, is pretty he's heroic. He's a uh uh definitely a protagonist and he's definitely portrayed as being like very sexy and attractive and everyone wants to get with him and it's like you're on a desert island (laughs) and you don't know how you got there shouldn't that be the main concern Hmm. (laughs) but he's very attractive admittedly but uh and he's a lovelorn ex-Iraqi soldier which part of me was like it's kind of problematic that he has to be a soldier he has to have been involved somehow versus just being like I'm from Iraq hmm no, but, there's uh, only soldiers there. No one else. only soldiers. But he's played by an Anglo-Indian actor, actually, named Naveen Andrews. And then in Community, which I know you've seen, Courtney, there's Abed, who's played by Danny Pudi, who is also Indian and Polish. He's a fantastic character. He's a fantastic character. Yeah, it's definitely not at all connected to, like, he is a Muslim character. Right. Yeah. It's, he's much more than that. He's especially, he's mainly his awkwardness, mm-hmm. I'd say. But uh, when you actually watch, it gets much deeper than that. Um, and then there's, which I think this is one of the most positive representations, uh, Arastu Vaziri, who's uh, on Bones, and he's an actual like practicing Muslim. Like That mm-hmm. becomes part of his plot line. But he's, he's much more than that yeah. because he's one of the main characters. So it's going to get old after a while of them being like, but you're Muslim. This is an right. issue somehow, inherently. Um, and he's actually played by an actor who is of Iranian descent. So that's, yay. yay. Because I was just really struck by like the first two examples of oftentimes uh, characters that are meant to be from the Middle East are played by Indian actors?
1: It happens a lot. It happens yeah. it just a kind, lot. they kind of like, a oh, brown person, it's the yeah, same. Yeah,
0: yeah. Fe- I don't like that umbrella of, like, brown equals mm-hmm. anywhere that's not here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- it almost makes me wonder, like, in casting, are they like, it's going to be problematic if we cast someone who is actually Muslim or actually Arab, mm-hmm. uh, which is just really worrying to mm-hmm. think about that. That's a conversation that people have. Um, I can see where some things have to be considered for like political climates, Right. but I feel like we should move beyond that, especially with television, which seems a lot less scary. Yeah, it should be, but uh, and then uh, so how hmm. do I how do I phrase this? So when you think Prince of Persia, what comes to mind?
1: Jake Gyllenhaal's abs. Mm -hmm. To be honest.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel that. I feel that. Literally, like, the first word that pops into
2: my head. Or just, like, what I... Because I hear Prince of Persia and I think Python. (laughs) But that's, like, not related Ah. at all.
0: (laughs) Okay. No. It had a really
1: dope Game Boy Advance game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, Prince of Persia. I'm smart. (laughs) It's like Pythons. Uh. It was a video game series. Yeah, that's true. Based that in the Persian Empire, which is modern day uh, mm-hmm. Iran and Iraq, and uh, all those other countries that we are engaged with currently, <laughs> uh, frankly. Um, but it was it was like kind of a Renaissance era as comparison. There was a lot of uh, industry, there was a lot of trade, there was a lot of advances in science. So it it was a good empire. Things were happening. Um, and the main character is the prince of this empire. Yeah. And so he's Persian, obviously. <laughs> nope. Are <you> sure? No, <laughs> I'm not sure because then cast in the terrible video game movie mm-hmm. was Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. Who is a very white man. Very white. Super but white. But it's
1: okay. We made him a little bit tanner for the movie, so it's, it, it counts. It's, it's representation. Fine. It's
0: fine. But the effort had to be there to make him tanner. <laughs> that, that's always that, my problem. What is that?
1: Yeah. It's like the whole, like, uh, when supposedly they were making, um oh, what's her name in Ghost in the Shell?
0: Scarlett
1: Johansson. Scarlett yeah. Johansson, when they were supposedly CGing her eyes to be more Asian rather than getting an Asian Aww. person. It's like you put the effort in. Like, you recognize that this is not the look you need. But you don't actually get the look you need. It's- yeah,
2: it's like couldn't, it's like you know you guys could save money on CGI by hiring an actual Asian person, and also probably you could just save money by not hiring Scarlett Johansson because she's probably yeah. <laughs> quite she's expensive. Way more expensive. And same with Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, I mean, he's he's not Scarlett Johansson, but like, come on, you yeah. you gotta give him a couple spray tans when you could have
0: just got someone who's already got the complexion, right? So I guess there is the argument that you're going to hire well-known actors because not everyone's going to yeah, go see a movie all, with it goes back to that. some no-name person who is of the right ethnicity for the part, but no one's ever heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, when especially doing stories that are more closely related to that character's ethnicity, should that still be a priority to get the big name actor?
1: no (laughs) not like in my opinion at least like if your story is centered around because like the prince of persia he was literally the prince his like character was that he was the prince of this country and was like trying to do good things for the for persia Mm -hmm. like you have to have something that fits like Mm -hmm. it would be as if like you did say you did have like a persian man but then you put him in tokyo everyone would be like this makes no sense that's not persia that makes no sense yeah like we would call it out if it wasn't something we were so used to
2: Mm -hmm. right and like you can have a successful movie without a well-known actor. I mean, all of us here have seen movies without right. well-known actors. The, the It comes down to the matter of whether the studio is willing to take a risk. Like, I think of *Aquila and the Bee. Like, I've seen an interview of that screenwriter, and he just talked about how hard it was to sell a script about an inner-city kid who wins a spelling bee. Like... He said it was nearly impossible. It took him years. It doesn't
1: exactly sound riveting at this And
2: point. and yeah. then and the actor who uh, played Aquila, Kiki Palmer. You know, she was an unknown child at the time. And whoa, what the movie was amazing! Mm-hmm. Like,
0: and now we know the name, yeah. of Kiki Palmer. Yeah, and so it's just like.
2: Everyone has
1: uh. to start somewhere. Jake Gyllenhaal was not Jake Gyllenhaal when he got his first role. You have to give everyone
2: a chance. But right. he's also white, so it's a lot easier for him. And a male. so True. 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 True.
0: Yeah, there's specifically, um, recently in one of our classes, our TCOM classes, there was a discussion about how scripts are actually sold. It's usually not by the narrative itself. It's There's a point system. Is uh, Who do you have for the director? That's a point. Who do you have for the characters? That's a point. And... If you get big name actors, then that's instantly a lot more points than you'll be having if it's like, well, we haven't casted an appropriate person yet or we have, but you probably haven't heard of them, etc. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of like the problem here is that that's a very flawed system yeah. and we shouldn't really go off of that.
1: It gives you movies like Passengers, which is like a trash movie. Oh but God. look, Jennifer Lawrence and um, and like Chris Pratt, they're so pretty. No plot, but they're so pretty and famous. Yeah.
0: See, that's almost even more disappointing at the same time because right. you're like, they should be better than that.
1: You'd think.
0: Yeah, one would think, but as long as the name is attached, it's fine. It's fine. But uh, an interesting point, too, uh, if you get down to it, that uh, – Jahan Zeb Dar mentioned was uh, that the Prince of Persia movie with Jake Gyllenhaal featuring Jake Gyllenhaal um, was not only insulting to Persians, it's also insulting to white people because it's saying that white people can't enjoy movies unless the protagonist is white. And I think that's what studios mm-hmm. like to think. Like,
2: unfortunately.
1: I, I mm. I, I think for the most part, that's not true. But un- unfortunately for like a big part of the market, that is true. I'm afraid there are quite a few white people who don't like, for example, I talked to uh, my sister about Moonlight and I was like, it's so good. You have to see it. And she was like, it's not my kind of movie. And I was like, what do you mean? Because like, I knew what, what mean? she meant. Yeah. And she was like, she was like, well, I'm just, the how am I supposed to relate to that? She was like, I'm not like a gay black man. I was like, well, neither am I, but I've seen a good movie. I'm not. The Prince of Persia, but I thought it was yeah, actually that's not that's true. It was a bad movie.
0: Yeah, that's always the thing for me when they have like really fantastical plots. Like I'm not going to relate to Harry Potter because I'm not an orphan and I'm not magical. Right. As much as I'd like to believe the latter, not the first. Uh, but I'm still going to relate to that storyline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one way or another. Yeah. Or even like,
2: you might be able to find something relatable in like a movie like Moonlight. Like I'm a straight female, so. Like, might I be able to find some kind of character trait within me that's comparable to a gay black man? Like, I might be able to. Like, just because, you know, we're, like, a different color, different sexual orientation, or different gender, I might still be able to relate. Mm -hmm.
0: You're still a person. Yeah. Yeah. At its core. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, It does make you wonder, though, because there are people like that who are like, I don't see someone that looks at me like me, so I'm not going to watch it. So then you have to be like, well, then think about that from the other side. Yeah. When there's so few narratives with people of color, with Muslim people. How do you think they feel then trying to find something to watch at the movies on a Saturday night? It's hard because you're just watching white people at all times. A
1: lot of times when like they end up like when uh, in the new Spider-Man movie, they casted Zendaya. And so like we had a black like a black female in a spider-man movie which was like pretty new and people awesome. were flipping out a lot of people were like why do you have to make a big deal about it? it's not a big it is because for the first time like especially like young kid black girls going out to see a like superhero movie can finally see someone who looks like them and like that's just an amazing thing yeah. like representation really really does matter in movies.
0: yeah i don't like it when people are like well don't make a big deal out of it don't... i want to make a big well, deal if you're making a big deal out of it then it's like racism somehow also yeah. and it's like mm, when you're celebrating it right No. when you're being like no she's the worst she can't be she doesn't have red hair oh etc
1: neither did whoever yeah. played mary jane in the first movies to be fair like she was all she was blonde yeah, they dyed uh, her hair Wiig, right? yeah yeah
0: and there's some no one complained stories there. about her on set of the spider-man movies but uh that's that's a different podcast
1: different times um
0: yeah, so obviously, white people can watch people who aren't white, amazingly enough. It's crazy. Um, but Disney usually doesn't go along with that um, always, because I always forget, but Prince of Persia was a Disney production. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Which video game movies as a whole are going to typically... Be th- we have not yet a proper formula for video game no. movies. <laughs> not yet especially considering the last Assassin's Creed movie. Also <laughs> an issue. Michael Fassbender being a Ugh. Italian man. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. But uh, another point about Hall, which Jonathan Cur- Curiel uh, mentioned that I really liked. Uh, There's something disjointed about an entertainment franchise built around Persia, i.e. the empire that spawned Iran, whose main character is non-Persian. Uh he listed like a list of actors of Iranian and uh, Persian descent who could have easily played Hall's part, uh, but there's an obvious red flag about *The Prince of Persia* because it's a Disney film and Disney has a history of whitening its Middle East movies, mm-hmm. notably uh, *Aladdin*, which featured Robin Williams and uh, an Aladdin character who spoke the guy, like the
2: guy from *Full House*.
0: Yeah, who sounds like he's from Madison, Wisconsin, not Mecca or Baghdad. Um, I mean, typically Disney doesn't do like accents yeah, because they do have true. a lot of different places yeah. like I always forget that a lot of the princess movies like yeah. Beauty and the Beast, that's in Fran- well, you kind of can't ignore the France part because bonjour, bonjour, bonjour.
2: Yeah, but like she, you know, Belle doesn't talk in a French accent or like in Frozen, aren't they supposed to be in like
1: Scandinavia?
2: Yeah. Yeah, they don't have like I don't even know what a Scandinavian accent sounds like.
0: Yoo-hoo!
1: I was thinking like the Swedish chef, but that's probably not right. He's <laughs> yeah. just, he's
2: I just, mean, <laughs> pretty much every,
0: uh, every Disney princess movie. Sleeping Beauty and Snow White are in Germany. You oh, didn't yeah. hear, That's, like, that's not right. Someday my prince will <laughs> come. <laughs> <laughs> it would make for a little bit of a different movie. Oh, um, I'd be
1: more into it, honestly. <laughs> okay.
0: But that said, uh, you know, Aladdin is people's first, like, foray into the Middle East at all. Yeah. uh, Children. That movie
2: would never be made today. Right. Like, that came out pre-9-11. That would never be made today. It would be Positive brown people, what?
0: (laughs) What? No. No. No, 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 no. But uh, it's like we've been saying earlier, like, it would be a risk for the studio. But, uh, you know, I think people should be encouraged to take risks, um and see how that turns out because sometimes it can turn out really incredibly and amazingly like Moonlight uh, definitely not La La Land because music yeah. it's a risk but yeah um, but sometimes unfortunately when uh, people take risks it fails but usually that's because they didn't do their research yeah. or they didn't present something in a positive light and didn't expect people to like call them out on that <laughs> Um, Particularly, there's uh, two different shows, one of which was instantly canceled via um, Outrage on Twitter, and the other one that's still running, but Outrage on Twitter happens (laughs) nonetheless. Um, So the first that was canceled, it was uh, ABC Family pilot that was set to premiere sometime in 2014 called Alice in Arabia.
1: Right off the bat, I'm not really feeling yeah. it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, take the most like white girl name you can, Alice. <laughs> Alice. 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 That's almost like,
2: it's like Alice in Wonderland. Like it's making, a like Saudi Arabia
0: being like
1: this crazy fantasy world. Yeah,
0: yeah. when so, it's a place. <laughs> yeah, the plot was just okay. So no one would have a problem with this plot. Obviously, I say sarcasm. Um, it was about this 16 year old girl um who is muslim but she's just like any other girl she goes out and she goes to a private school like any other girl sure As uh parties and flirts with boys and uh tragedy strikes then and uh her mom is killed in a car accident and her dad is in a coma so her uh uncle and his wife who she's never met before come over from saudi arabia and are like we're going to take care of you while we wait for your dad to wake up let's go to Saudi Arabia and that seems fine it's cool they happen to be part of like the ruling family which so perks I guess (laughs) but then he steals her passport once they're in Saudi Arabia and effectively kidnaps her so then the whole of the show is about her trying to get her passport back and escape Saudi Arabia and dealing with kind of the culture shock Uh, uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh. so basically you have these like like we said like saudi arabia this crazy fantasy world someone just shows up from saudi arabia kidnaps an american girl and like again it's just like there is no reason really that could have been like a neat idea if it was maybe from like anywhere else in the world but like again with the way things already are where people have this like terrifying idea of what Muslims are to be like yeah we're gonna play up on the fact that like the practicing Muslims are the bad ones like it just it looks bad
0: Yeah, it kind of essentially the plot serves as a platform to point out how different the Mm -hmm. Muslim world is and how much it hates America apparently yeah. Uh, there's a lot of different points uh just in the first script that was like you know Muslims are very extreme you know they don't drink and this is framed as very extreme but uh in the script also describes veiled Muslim women as completely formless anonymous uh one female character who's supposed to be sympathetic is describing her uh lavish home and says it's worth having to wear a silly veil out while outside Um, There's a lot of points where it's like there's an internal struggle on the simple dichotomy between identities that are American and then identities that are Muslim. Um, And nearly every devout Muslim character in the show opposes American ideas and then vice versa because we as Americans can't be open minded because obviously they can't. Sarcasm Sarcasm I'm worried because I feel like I need To say that sarcasm. Because there are People out there Who are like No yes Absolutely Right <sighs> But uh, Yeah this got This got uh, Axed pretty quickly There were some Like cultural errors Too mm-hmm. Like that Just things were Called different things mm-hmm. Someone was named After a Hindu goddess Despite her being Muslim Yes Uh, It's all brown people. It's all the same.
1: I'm squinting really hard out of confusion (laughs) right now,
0: I mean, at least it got canceled. At
2: least they weren't like, oh, screw the haters. Let's keep on with production. At
0: least they were smart enough to cancel. It shocks me that this was an ABC Family production, which is Disney again. But... uh, that because typically ABC Family tries to do that, like, oh, we're going to talk about things that no one dares to talk about. They had that show like the f- uh, the Fosters, mm-hmm. which it was two uh, married lesbian women, uh, interracial couple who would adopt troubled kids, one of which was trans at one point, And it's like, wow, yeah. this is really great. This is really it was trying really hard it, it was kind of heavy-handed but
1: very heavy yeah
0: representation but, but yeah representation exactly at least
1: it's like again at least they they did try this this show clearly did not
0: yeah just um, it was written by a white woman mm. um shocker. shocker uh but just imagining like if this had premiered what would that say to people who this is their first encounter with knowing saudi arabia outside of what's said on the news Mm -hmm. it's just echoing what's said on the news which is typically taking a very antagonistic position against quote-unquote the muslim world yeah which is a significant part of the world what was that number again
1: 1.6 billion yeah
0: so a -A (laughs) lmao um but one show that did not get canceled and is still on the air. And it's also, it should be noted, uh, noted that the executive producer is the same one for Homeland. Um, tyrant. A plus title already. Right. So, <laughs> uh, Doing great. An interesting story. Uh, a little, again, like kidnapping um, <laughs> is about uh, a pediatrician. He's got a family. He's uh, got a lovely family uh, in California, but then he finds out that um his dad, who is a tyrant in the Middle East, <laughs> a dictator, uh, died. <laughs> and so they go over um, to this fictitious land because I can't imagine them having like named a country, right. like how bad that would have been. but uh, it was like some random, I'm I'm sure there was no yeah. research behind how what to call this, but uh, so they go over, and to his dad's funeral and his brother is meant to take up the dictatorship but then his brother has a stroke so he's the only one left to... Oh no, look. he's the dictator. Now he has to take it's up like the dictatorship. It's like
2: racist
0: princess diaries. <laughs> is the plot of the godfather basically. Essentially. And and they're not allowed to leave. He's not allowed to say no. Oh no. I'm not gonna do this. Yeah, that's the godfather. Yeah, Yeah, but...
1: But racist. (laughs) But
0: racist, because the first image So, unoriginal idea and racist. Got Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, uh, critics have said, like, it's attempting to mix uh, West with Middle East, but the show too often seems content with stereotyping both. Um, (laughs) If Tyrant is meant to expand on the portrayals of Middle Easterners in peripheral stories like 24, it it really fails because a lot of the initial scenes in true form as trying to be shocking as a lot of dramas are trying to do. um, But where it fails as seen with like a lot of the outrage about the recent game of Thrones abuse of rape. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. There's, that's one of the first things you see of this fictitious land (laughs) is someone getting raped. It's fine while her husband stands outside and, and, is not going to do anything I about know, that. Geez. She's not going to do anything about that. If it was
1: going to be a fictitious land, why did they have to be Muslim? Like, why'd you have to do that? Like,
0: because that's huh. where dictatorships are. Come on, man. Nowhere else. Cough, cough. Trump's America. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, but it's, it's the Middle East, but only through an Americanized standard mm-hmm. so there's not re- I shouldn't even say like accuracies are not there it's, it's not going to be because it's from this very biased point of view um, there's very little parts of like actually trying to display a culture apart from ours except for that it's centered around authoritarianism which <laughs> isn't always true um, but I really liked this quote um, from Mary McNamara uh, the unfortunate of effect is constant not so subtle messed it, uh, is a constant not so subtle message yes mm-hmm. um, if these people would just act like Americans everything would be so much better
1: yeah that's <sighs> that's a statement <laughs>
0: That's. I feel like that's a lot of times when they're portraying uh, different countries it's like
1: if they'd Were, be like us. If
0: they'd be like us, everything would be fine. Uh. It would be a little more racist, but it'd be fine, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, let's let's give ourselves a little pick-me-up here after that jaunt through terrible racist territory. Um, there are some shows that have been positive- toward uh, Muslim representation. Courtney is very excited to tell us about the latest season of Degrassi Next Class. It's not even (laughs) just like... (sighs)
2: Sorry. It's not even just like the latest season. Like, the latest season was like the best for Muslim representation yet. But like, for the three seasons of Next Class and the 14 seasons of The Next Generation, there have been a total of six Muslim characters and I actually did count. And that is nice. in contrast to the total of Christian characters. Because, like, there are, like, some extreme, like... I'm only counting, like, the extreme Christian characters. There were four who started out as Christian and two who two who converted. So, that is an equal number. Hey. Nice. And uh, there's also only been two Jews. But there's also less Jews in Canada. So, Fair. that's okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, one thing that I just love is how different every single Muslim character is. And none of them try to explode the school or anything. (laughs) Like, in this last season, when I heard the description for it, you know, being an American and not knowing, you know, what Canada's views are on on this, I was a little concerned because I I heard that season three of Next Class would focus on... um, uh, Syrian refugees, and mm. I was just like, oh boy, there's gonna be a protest, no one's gonna like them, it's gonna be terrible. No. no. They welcomed them to the school, they integrated quite nicely, and one of them, uh, Rasha, is probably one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. on Degrassi ever, and that show has, I'm just talking about the like newest iteration, so since 2001. She is incredible! She I just – she's, like, bubbly, and she's really nice, and she's queer, and I'll she – I'll say, this
1: is the first time on TV – like, I'm sure there's another example, but it's the first time on TV I've, I've ever seen a queer Muslim character. Me mm-hmm. yeah. too, me too. I me was too. really impressed by
2: Yeah, it. and when she starts out, she she has her hijab on, but then, like, as she gets more comfortable with, like, Canada and stuff, mm-hmm. she she takes it off, and one of her friends who isn't comfortable with removing her hijab, she, they actually have, like, a quarrel over it. And Rasha's like, like, before ISIS took over, Syria was actually pretty liberal. Like, I even wore a swimsuit and went to the beach where there were boys. Like, and she's like, and I didn't even have to wear my hijab. And she's like, I feel so much more comfortable in this country. And I'm just like,
1: yes. And see, I like that because it deals with the fact that, like, even in the Muslim community, not every Muslim's the same. They don't all have the same beliefs. It's like Daly said earlier; they're not all. You have to cover up. You can't drink. Like mm-hmm. it's just like with Christianity. There's varying levels of like your faith in Muslim, mm-hmm. and that's cool to deal with.
2: Yeah, and all the Muslim characters that they've had have been from different places. So right. like Sab and Ali were, um, her, their parents were from India, and um, there was even a white character who contemplated switching to. Uh, Islam, but she never did, and she was doing it for the wrong reasons. It was Anya. Yeah. She was trying. She was dating Sab, and her parents didn't like that she wasn't Muslim. Mm-hmm. So she was like, "I'm gonna convert." But like, I mean, have you ever seen a TV show or a movie ever where a white person's like, no. "I'm gonna learn no. how to"? Yeah, no. no. If I remember no.
1: correctly, yeah, like she actually studied the Quran, like yeah. knew a bit. So like, yes, yeah, she did.
2: yeah, and that didn't impress Sab's parents at all. But nevertheless, I mean, we've seen. So like Sab was very studious, but he p- he played music and he had to learn how to stand up to his family. Ali, she was kind of loose at the beginning, mm-hmm. but um then she, that never really changed. <laughs> um, it's fine. <laughs> Consistency. She was very smart, yeah. and and then just they had this influx of Muslim characters, um, in next class, which has just been so great. The only thing that I am worried about for the future of this. But not really worried. I'm still positive. Is all almost all of the Muslim characters are going to graduate after season four? Oh. Mm. Um, there's only going to be one left, and then he'll graduate after season six. So, um, but they just have or they might still be going on auditions for next class season uh, five and six. And they have not – they did not provide character descriptions and names, which they usually do. That's I'm usually, like, on the look, (laughs) like, what's this character's name? (laughs) What's their plot going to be about? Um, But they are building characters around the actors this time. And they are auditioning all, like, 13- and 14-year-olds. So these are going to be, like, freshmen. So they're going to be on the show for a really long time. And so they're just looking who impresses them, and they will build characters around those people. So – Good. I like that. Excited. And also, one more thing: this is the first time Degrassi has had more people of color than white people on the show. Yeah,
0: dab. Considerable. It's yeah. Degrassi has always done a really good job with diversity, especially in the most recent years. Especially,
2: like it has, it has in the past been like we're diverse, but actually, there's a lot of white characters, and then like one Asian. For mm-hmm. one season, yeah. or like two black people, one season, but now they've just got so many. It people. looks realistic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: it's yeah, great. it doesn't feel token anymore. I think mm-hmm. it's so important to have like, okay, we have Muslim character mm-hmm. and they're all very different in <laughs> mm-hmm. how they approach their faith and yep. how they approach their everyday lives. Yep,
2: and Asian characters, and they're not just like Asian, like one's Korean and one, and, and so like, and they actually like talk about that and an Argentinian character and multiple black characters and a Jewish character. Whoa.
0: I love it so much. I'm really happy with Degrassi lately. (laughs) Especially like, when you first introduced me to Degrassi, Courtney, I'm going to admit, I was like, this is very heavy handed after school special. (laughs) But it got better. And uh, I think it's important to kind of do that after school special moment where it's like, we're going to talk about this. It's going to become part of the plot. Like the entire uh, debate about whether or not wearing a hijab makes you like a good Muslim girl mm-hmm. was I, I did not expect to see that on television. Yeah. That kind of conversation. Yeah.
2: And I mean, it has actually always been kind of a f- like a front runner in representation. Degrassi was the first television show ever to have a main character as a transgender person. Ever in 2010? Yeah, yeah, and the show aired in the middle of 2010, so like you know, that was in pre production for like at least a year before or right. so.
0: So, like, what? <laughs> like, I learned about like transgender people from Degrassi, so yeah, it's that's again what I'm just like underlining here constantly is that oftentimes media is people's first introduction you to learn. something, mm-hmm. so it's important for creators to be like, okay, this is going to be a good. Uh, encounter. This is going mm-hmm. to set the, uh, like, first step for the rest of this person's relationship with this piece of information. Um, because I feel like if people got to know Rasha uh, from Degrassi, they wouldn't be like, you know, all Muslim girls mm-hmm. are, like, really... Uh, Oppressed, Mm -hmm. and they have to wear the hijabs, and they could not be gay. That's impossible. One point six billion people. There's There's not a single single gay gay (laughs) person No.
1: I really like that. Like even with her friend who wore the hijab, whose name is escaping me, Goldie. Goldie, yeah. With Goldie and Rasha. One of them wore hijab. The other one didn't. Both of them are still Muslim. Both of them are still good Mm -hmm. people. It's not like Goldie is like this super prudy, like, like awful homophobic girl. She's still like a nice girl. She's just a different, like. She's still a Muslim. She just practices her faith in a different way. It's mm-hmm. so. She's dope. the
0: head of the feminist club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is yes. That that was never something that they like specifically talked about in the last season mm-hmm. when she became head of the feminist club. But it was like yes, yes. this is saying so much mm-hmm. because it's often like you can't be feminist and Muslim. Mm-hmm. It's like um actually lies mm-hmm. lies yeah yeah uh because one of the most feminist characters there is <laughs> at the current moment uh I think is. Kamala Khan. Kamala mm. Khan, I love her. Slow, so You wanna, you wanna gush for us,
1: Daily. You brought in some great people to be excited about <laughs> these things. So I love Kamala Khan. I, I do read the Miss um, Marvel comics, and she, in my opinion, is the best representation of a Muslim character. Um, so basically, her whole plot line is that Miss Marvel used to be a white woman. It used to be um, Cora Davis, and so she. Uh, gave up the helm and became Captain Marvel. And there was this empty spot. And Kamala Khan was a young Muslim girl who had superpowers. And she had always looked up to Miss Marvel. So she wanted to take the mantle. And basically the beginning of the comics was a lot of people not wanting her. A lot of people did not want a Muslim woman being their hero. They didn't want it. She she lives in New York. And like there was a lot of fear towards her. And it was her dealing with that and having to like deal with what it's like to be a Muslim girl person and how like people have these implications of her a lot of people thought they literally just didn't trust the fact that she could be a hero because she was muslim and it also deals with like muslim culture her father um and mother and all of her family actually are practicing muslims and her father has this fear of his daughter having to face the world not because he doesn't think she's capable Mm -hmm. he fears of what people will do to a muslim girl in the world we live in where like people fear them and it's just it's really cool like i've said before she is a practicing muslim but that's not her entire identity she does deal with a lot of issues that muslim people have to deal with but she is still at the end of the day like a super cool superhero like fighting like comic book villains it's at the end of the day it's still a comic book it doesn't feel heavy handed she is super super feminist um I really like that she's kind of turned into a feminist icon at the whole women march thing. The yes. Kamala Khan ripping For president. the president. Ah, uh, I love Kamala so Khan. So great. I I,
0: th- I really like that it's like written by a Muslim American yes, writer. Yes, two uh, two Muslim women. Willow Wilson. Yeah. because mm-hmm. um, I think that's something that uh, we've talked about a lot here on the Coven is that part of the change comes from um having more diverse writers and creators. Yes. creates more diverse characters. And just everyone having equal opportunity is so important, right. no matter what field you're in, especially in comics, which is yeah. very heavily white Very dudes. white men.
1: I don't think there's any chance of reading the comics that white men could write what these two white, or these two white Muslim women, these two Muslim women wrote. Like, right. there's no way.
0: Right. It's like a story that I don't think a lot of people would consider like that it needs to be told. But now that it has been, Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be Yeah, Yeah. because we are living in a world with rampant Islamophobia. And I think we need as many positive representations of Muslim people, especially of Muslim girls, because that's the big thing that's happening. Like when something happens to a Muslim person like the Chapel Hill shooting Mm -hmm. or uh, current uh, the ban, the travel ban oftentimes we see these things coming out where uh daughters are texted like you can stop wearing your hijab if you mm-hmm. want you should probably do that it, they have to choose between their faith and living safely yes. which that should never have to be a, no. a decision for anyone
1: on the Kamala Khan thing again uh she does not actually wear his job in the comics but there was an entire like issue related to the idea of hijabs and Oh, gosh, it made me cry a little bit when I read it. I'll cry right now. But basically, there was a young girl who took off her hijab because it was dealing with a terrorist attack, and it was uh, very timely, Um, the comic was. And she wasn't wearing her hijab. And so then for the rest of the comic, the creators had Kamala Khan wear hijab just to represent the fact that she said, I'm still a strong woman. I'm still who I am. And we're still on the same level here. Wear your hijab. Don't be afraid. And like, ah, it's so beautiful. It's so good.
0: That's so important. I know. That's so great. Uh, I just, I love that she's become like the face of resistance Mm -hmm. against Islamophobia and uh, sexism, essentially. Uh, Because she's just one of the most positive characters. Oh, yeah. Like, that I think we need more of, but I definitely think she's a good start to creating more because now that so many people are like yes I love this character then writers are going to have to be like okay we'll
1: give you more we'll give
0: you more and she can knock down
1: buildings with her fist which
0: is cool (laughs) let's get down to it though also superpowers are really neat right (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, they're great but I think uh, diversity is kind of a superpower in itself. Yeah. yeah like let's get I'll take school
1: feminism school. over super strength. Yeah. I will.
0: Yeah. I'd rather be uh, very positive than uh, be able to topple buildings. Um, but that said, I think we can topple walls when we include positive representation <laughs> of Muslim people in our media. Wow. <laughs> a little heavy handed here, but uh like, everything that we've said, I think it comes down to there needs to be positive, there needs to be more, and I think that will help change some attitudes because that's mm-hmm. where you start. That's where uh, you get your first encounter with something new is, I saw on TV, I read in this comic, I saw on the internet, etc. Uh, Thank you guys for joining me Uh, This has been the Coven Podcast Where we've put some tears in the cauldron tonight Because Kamala Khan is so beautiful I love her (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> She's so great uh, I have been your host Daily Wilhelm The Witch of the White me today was the lovely Courtney Tuckman The Hairbow Slayer And the wonderful
1: Matthew Yap Witch of the Speed Force
0: Thanks for listening everyone You can find all our other podcasts Here at ByteBSU.com On our YouTube ByteBSU Or over at our iTunes and SoundCloud At Ball State Daily Um, You can find us on social media as well. Send us a tweet. Send us your favorite Kamala Khan picture because there's a lot of posters, uh, protest posters specifically featuring her, and I love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And be sure to check out all our other content. Thank you for listening, and have a good night.